What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. Happy Good Friday. Hope that you are enjoying this day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Because we know that Sunday is around the corner. And though our Lord suffered, he has risen. He has resurrected from the grave. And because he has risen, we know to ourselves when we suffer, we know that there will be rejoicing after our sufferings because Jesus has risen. Jesus is alive and he is our example, even in that in that context right even if you're going through a tip a difficult time a time of trial and tribulation fear not stay encouraged because you know because our lord right jesus christ he resurrected and you being a daughter of god a son of god take heart your sufferings will not be eternal your sufferings will not be forever right but your sufferings it has a deadline it has an expiration date so you know that rejoicing will come indeed after your moment of suffering and god is faithful to do just that now from that being said y'all i just want to just you know continue with the series and tonight we have an interesting topic to discuss and the topic is love builds less destroys love builds less destroys um for the sake of time i'm not going to read the entire text but there are two specific passages that i want us to uh, go ahead and uh meditate on and very quickly for reference the passages are second samuel chapter 11 verse 1 to 27 and also genesis chapter 39 verse 6 to 16 and um, during your leisure, you are free to read those passages. But for tonight's episode, I will quickly paraphrase uh, the messages in regards to those two passages um, and, and pertaining to the uh, topic that we will be discussing tonight, which is love bills, less destroys. And we're going to welcome back 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 for tonight's episode, and as well as Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Before I go ahead and talk about 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11, verse 1 to 27, I want us to quickly go ahead and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, which says, Love, you know, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. From that statement, y'all, I want you to pay attention to the always protects part. Because of the title, right, we're talking about love builds, less destroys. You know, anything that is not able to protect is able to destroy, you know. If something is not able to protect another thing, then that means that thing, right, or that person is in dire dire need. That person is indeed in danger. You know, any attack that comes, that person will be the first one to fall, right, to be destroyed or to die, unfortunately. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, we learn that love always protects. And though lust may not be completely the opposite of lust, right? We know that hate, right, is the opposite of love. But in this regard, we do see that lust, in fact, like hate, has a lot of uh, opposition towards love. And so if love protects y'all, that should tell us then lust destroys or lust leads to a type of destruction sooner or later. Now, let's go ahead and quickly read Galatians 5 verse 22. 
Galatians 5 verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, I just want to point this to your attention. There's nowhere in that text, Galatians 5 verse 22, we see the word lust. (laughs) Which means to us that we should not be pursuing lust whatsoever. I see love there. Right? It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Lust, y'all, is not a fruit of the spirit. And we need to avoid lust at all times. And the Bible tells us in passages such as Psalm 119, you know, it says, how can a young man, right, or woman keep their ways pure? And it says, you know, in Psalm 119, you know, by meditating on the law of the Lord, by, you know, going in the direction of the word of God, right? Which I'm paraphrasing there as well. Going in the direction of the word of God, remaining in a state of righteousness. And the only way we are able to remain in a state of righteousness is by meditating on God's word. It's by meditating on God's truth. And God's truth tells us, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it says against such things there is no law. And so that is important for us to know the only way that we're able to defeat sin And the only way we're able to defeat the sin of lust is by meditating on God's truth and is by walking in the fruit of the spirit, right? Or by, you know, bearing the fruit of the spirit. Now, there's two men that I want to go ahead and uh, just share their background with you guys. And these two men are David and Joseph. And I find it interesting that both men, right, David and Joseph, the Bible tells us they were men after God's own heart. They were men that were favored by God and God walked with them because God saw in Joseph and David that they truly were willing to obey him until the end. They were faithful to God, even in their youth. They were faithful to God, even when they were overlooked, even when no one was giving them the time of day, they knew that God was their number one. They knew that God saw them, right? God knew who they were even when they themselves felt like outsiders. They felt overlooked. They felt unloved even by their own, you know, by their own kind, right? By their own family. Even when they were not welcome, they knew that the Spirit of God was always present with them. They knew God. And because they knew God, God trusted them and God favored them. And so that's very important for us to see here their their similarities. You know, they, they were men after God's own heart. Another similarity that they shared is that, you know, both men, again, were really attractive. The Bible tells us they were handsome men. Okay. They had nice physique, nice features. So that means they were ladies men. If there was women near them, you know, those women were probably, you know, very attracted to men like David and Joseph. They were attracted to Joseph and David. Okay. And we know this through scripture because, you know, we see both Joseph and David. They were really like a, a woman. They were really women's men, like meaning, uh, you know, ladies were attracted to them. Ladies love being in their presence. And we know from uh, Genesis, right? Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 to 16, it talks about Potiphar's wife and how Potiphar's wife tried to lure Joseph to have sexual intimacy with him, right? And we know when it comes to David's story, right? David saw Bathsheba 
bathing, right? He looked out the window and he saw he saw Bathsheba um, bathing, right? And Bathsheba also found David to be attracted. Because later on, if you have time to read that entire text, we find out that Bathsheba, once David, you know, welcomed that spirit of lust and committed adultery with her, that she accepted. Like, she didn't fight it away. She did not fight it away. However, when we read the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39, in his case with Potiphar's wife, we see that though, you see these two men, they were men after God's own heart. They were faithful to the Lord. We see there's a specific contrast between Joseph and David in that regard. David did not say no to the spirit of lust, but Joseph said no. In that critical moment, we see here that Joseph realized that his love of God outweighed the desire of the flesh, the desire of his flesh. His love of God outweighed the spirit of lust. But in that context, we see here with David with Bathsheba, David in that instant is as if he completely forgot God was omniscient, God was omnipotent, God, God was omnipresent. It's as if he completely forgot that God was his everything. And in that moment, in that short moment, he gave away his innocence. He gave away his honor that he he gave to the Lord, right? He gave away all of that just to entertain lust, just to entertain his flesh. And that is very important for us to pay attention to tonight. I want you guys to understand here, though. Um, like I said, I'm not going to be reading the text in its entirety because I know that it's going to take a while. But I strongly encourage you to go ahead and read Joseph's account with um, Potiphar's wife. You'll be able to read it from Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 to 16. And you're welcome to read Joseph's, uh, excuse me, David's account with Bathsheba from 2 Samuel chapter 11 to 27. Okay. Uh, I'm going to repeat that again. You can go ahead and read David's account with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 to 27. And you can also go ahead and read 2 Samuel chapter 12. I want to go ahead and pause right here. Now, I already made a distinction between the two men. We see here that Joseph did not commit adultery with Potiphar's wife. But we do see here that David went ahead and committed adultery with Bathsheba. Once you're reading the text, you know, during your leisure time, uh, you know, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 to 27, you'll realize that, you know, David assumed as if God did not see that he committed the sin. And one of God's prophet, Nathan, you know, he confronted David. He said, yo, David, God saw what you did. You probably thought that you, you hid it from God, but God saw what you did. Other people probably didn't see that you committed sin with adultery, but God saw he knew that you did such an act and he was displeased with what you did, David. And I want to pause right here. I want for us to remind ourselves, listen, you know, God, he's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's a God filled with mercy and grace. However, God is not pleased with sin, y'all. And God is not afraid. God is not timid to let us know that he is not pleased with sin. As a matter of fact, let's just go quickly to 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13 to 14. This is what it says, y'all. This is what the prophet Nathan said to David once he committed adultery with Bathsheba. It says here, it says, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Okay? And Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. 
you are not going to die, but because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. All right? That's what it says. If you go a little bit further, um, the next following verse, you will see where it says, you know, what David did was displeasing in, in the eyes of God. What David did was displeasing in the eyes of God. But today, it's as if even us believers, we have a hard time to let people know that sin is wrong and that sin is not pleasing in the eyes of God. In the Bible, it tells us that sin is actually evil in the eyes of God. And even in the Old Testament, there were so many Israelites, right, that were kings, because they did evil in the eyes of God, they ended up losing right standing with God. But by the grace of God, because of the loving sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have been given the gift of grace that even though we have fallen short of grace, right? Meaning even though we have fallen short in remaining in right standing with God, if we come and confess our sin to God, he is faithful to forgive us. And what I love you know, in the story of David, though he committed adultery with Bathsheba, is that as soon as he realized what Nathan the prophet was saying was truth and he felt that conviction, he ended up saying, I have sinned against the Lord. Now, sometimes what we go ahead and do when we sin, we have a hard time, you know, <laughs> you know, admitting that even to God. But God, he wants us to admit our sins. He wants us to confess our sins. If we don't confess our sins to him, and we end up concealing our sins, then what? What happens? The grace of God is not able to erase our sins. God is not able to forgive our sins. We still have to go ahead and confess our sins. And for some of us, we know ourselves so well. We know that, you know, although we may confess our sins to God, we're going to go ahead and repeat the same sin. And at that point, the wise thing to do is make sure that you have accountability partners that you can open up to and confess your sins to them as well. Because the Bible does tell us, you know, confess our sins uh, to our brothers and sisters. And that too, you have to use wisdom. I'm not saying for us to just go ahead and tell people our sins, you know, like I don't believe in Catholicism. I cannot even not stop. Uh, I do not believe in the doctrine, you know, like the Catholics um, practice. I don't believe that you have to go ahead and, uh, you know, approach the, you know, the priest or the pope or, you know, the cardinal, whatever. Um, no, you can confess your sins before God and God is able to forgive them. But at the end of the day, you know yourself well. You know what you're able to resist and you know what you're not able to resist. And at that point, then, it is wise uh, for you to have an accountable partner someone that can hold you accountable and something that I do see is that we lack accountability today is like as if again like I said even when we fall short right even when we commit sin it's like you know you don't hear people saying well you know God was not pleased with that as a matter of fact we hear the opposite you know God loves you you know yes God loves us but at the same time God hates sin and God does not want for us to live a lifestyle of sin and so when we find ourselves sinning against God, like David said, I have sinned against God. We have to make sure we really, we really see the, 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 you know, the separation that sin make us have with the Lord. And we have to really be transparent to God and say, you know, Lord, I really messed up, but I know in your faithfulness, you are faithful to forgive me. And I'm going to repent, Lord, meaning I'm going to turn away 
from my, from that mindset, from my sinful mindset, and I'm going to be willing to be obedient to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be willing to meditate on your word day and night, so that way I can keep my path pure. I can, I can go in the path of righteousness. Amen? Of course, none of us are perfect, but the Bible does tell us that we have victory, that we can conquer, you know? We can conquer sin. We can conquer the flesh as long as we, what we're, what we're doing, as long as we're accepting God's truth and we're walking in God's truth with the leading of God's spirit. And that is what, you know, differentiated Joseph and David at that time as well. Joseph knew that even though there was no human being present with him and Potiphar's wife, that God indeed was present. And he knew that he honored God so much. He loved God so much that he did not want this moment to make him feel as if he was betraying God or disappointing God. And sometimes it is healthy for us to have that mindset. I feel like at times we end up you know, abusing God's grace to the point where we're like, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I know at the end of the day, I can just go ahead and say, forgive me, God, he's going to forgive me. But that's honestly, y'all, like that's disrespect to the father. Like when we do that, you know, that we're, we're disrespecting God. We're disrespecting Jesus. The Bible even tells us, you know, when we keep, you know, willfully sinning, right? Sinning on, though we have received the gift of grace, it tells us in the word of God is as if we're crucifying Jesus over and over. Now, some of you guys probably watched The Passion of Christ or another type of movie that is depicting the the death and uh, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you're like, whoa, my goodness, God is so loving to, towards us. Although we were dead in our sins, he still went ahead and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. But can you imagine that every single time when we say yes to the spirit of lust, every single time when we say yes to doing, you know, things that are hurting the heart of God, you know, sinful things, we're, we're choosing to live a lifestyle of sin, that we are crucifying the Lord again and again. Now, none of us are perfect, and that is true, completely true. But at the end of the day, are we taking that extra step to say, hey, I'm not going to be in that environment because I know if I'm in that environment, that environment is going to cause me to sin against God. That environment is going to cause me to be lustful after this person. So we have to be the bigger person to the point where we make sure that we do not surround ourselves in an environment that's going to cause us to sabotage ourselves. In an environment that's going to cause us to sin against the Lord. It's that simple, y'all. It's really that simple. And you know yourself better than anyone else. If you know there's certain things you can't watch, right? There's certain Netflix shows you can't watch, certain music you can't watch. Because when you watch them... (laughs) <laughs> when you watch them, you feel some type of way, right? Amen. You know that that is going to cause you to lust. Be the bigger person. Take it away. Do like Joseph did. As we learn in Genesis chapter 39, when you have, you know, some free time, go ahead and read that entire passage, um, especially Genesis chapter 39, verses 6 to 16. We know that Joseph, the Bible said he ran. He ran out the room when Potiphar tried to seduce him, when when Potiphar's wife tried to have sexual intimacy with him. He ran to the point where he ran so fast that he left his cloak, right, or coat in in the hands of Potiphar's wife. But David, on the other hand, (laughs) it wasn't even Bathsheba that was doing the seducing, but he actually went ahead and approached Bathsheba and did the act with her. And even went ahead and 
ordered his man to kill Yura, which was the husband of uh, Bathsheba at the time. And the title of this episode, y'all, is Love Builds, Lust Destroys. We see here that, you know, the sufferance the Bible tells us about Joseph, right, was not due to sin. As a matter of fact, there's nowhere in the Bible where it tells us, you know, that Joseph sinned. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not misquoting, but from what I've read, there's not really anywhere that shows you indeed like Joseph's ended up sinning against God. Maybe he sinned, but the Bible did not record that. As a matter of fact, the Bible shows us time and time again that his family sinned against him. His own brothers sinned against him. But Joseph, the Bible depicts him being a man after God's own heart, being a man that walked with God. And it's because he walked with God that, you know, God was with him and caused him to be successful in everything that he did. Amen. And so we see here, Joseph's love for God built his character, built him up, lift him up. Although he suffered, his love of God and God's love for Joseph built him up and gave him a great name. Until this day, we read his story and we see him as one of the, 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 you know, the main characters in the entire Bible. And we see him as a, a preview of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, on the other hand, when it comes to David, we see in the context when it comes to him committing adultery with Bathsheba, that lust actually for a period of time destroyed David. Though he didn't die, but the lust that he committed destroyed him emotionally. Destroyed him emotionally. Clearly, the prophet Nathan said, you know, you are forgiven. As soon as David recognized he sinned against God, that him committing adultery was him sinning against God. The prophet Nathan said, the Lord has taken away your sin. But even though the Lord took away his sin, we see in the context of that passage that, it's, that there was a consequence that he still had to face. And that consequence was that his son that was born to him right from Bathsheba was going to die. And that's very important for us to just pause right quick on this statement to understand though God is faithful to forgive us of our sins, that does not necessarily mean there are certain consequences that are also taken away. At the end of the day, there are certain sins, of course, that we have committed that comes with consequences and often it's painful consequences. We have to learn that it's not just because God does not want us to have fun that he tells us to stay away from certain things, right? Stay away from committing sins, but it's because God does not want you to face a painful consequence. God is a loving God, but God is also a God of justice. He's a just God. God has placed certain principles in order that even though he's a loving God, he can't refute his own word. We know that when we commit sin, it comes with consequences. Hallelujah. Our sins are forgiven, right? By the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God. But do be aware there are certain consequences you might still have to face. And know that God does not take pleasure in seeing us serve those type of consequences. But... Let us be more wise, okay? Let us be more wise to make sure that we understand that sin destroys us, right? Sin does not help us. It destroys us in some type of way. 
But love builds us. Godliness builds us. The Bible lets us know that love is the fruit of the spirit. And we know that godliness as well, self-control. But lust is nowhere to be found in the context of scripture when it's describing the fruit of the spirits and the gifts of the spirit. Love builds, lust destroys. Love builds, lust destroys. Before we go ahead and close, I want to go ahead and reinstate, right? Restate this good news to you. It doesn't matter how far you've been from God. It doesn't matter how many times you've sinned. But the good news is that God indeed is faithful to forgive you if you confess your sins. God is faithful to forgive you when you confess your sins. On this Good Friday, remember that. Never feel like you've done too many wrongs for you not to approach God with your conviction, with your sins and say, Father, I've done wrong. And be like David, say, I've sinned against you. It's not that you've done wrong to other people. Yes, of course, perhaps you did wrong to other people, but you have to be able to recognize within yourself that whatever wrong you've done to another person is as if you've done it to God himself. And so David in that, in that context, right, in the book of Samuel, he said, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against God. I feel like if we would look at, you know, when we when we lust or when we commit any other type of sin, if we could admit and say, I've sinned against God, you will see that the, the weight of that sin, right, is heavier. And sometimes that heaviness is not is, is, is not a bad thing, but that heaviness gives us a greater conviction to understand that that actually hurts the heart of God. And that we do not want to hurt the heart of God. We want to please the heart of God. Because even on this Good Friday, we see how good he is. Don't you see how good God is? God does not want you to be sinful. Because he knows sins leads to death. He knows sins leads to heartbreak. He knows sins does not give life. But sin only wants to destroy. Just like the enemy. Just like the enemy. Sin just wants to destroy us. But love wants to build us. Love wants to set us free. And the Bible lets us know that God is love. And so I just pray and hope that you were greatly encouraged by this episode tonight. And I hope that you, wherever you are, you would be reminded that God is love. And that love builds, lust destroys. Lust will never be able to give you the satisfaction that will last eternal for eternity, right? An eternal satisfaction. But the good news is love is eternal. And if you're pursuing pure love, if you're pursuing God who is love, then you will have an eternal joy. You will have an eternal peace. You will have an eternal rest. Choose to pursue love, y'all. Choose to pursue love, everyone. Don't pursue lust because at the end of the day, lust will destroy you in some type of way. Maybe not physical, physically, but mentally, emotionally. And lust can even end up taking away an honor that you had, taking away a favor that you had. Because of the, the adultery David committed with Bathsheba for quite some time, David had some tough seasons. And it's not just because, you know, you know, he was just, you know, being tempted by his enemies, but his own sins 
and the consequences that came with his sins caused him to have some serious and painful seasons. And we see the, the contrast between him and Joseph in that sense. Joseph's sufferance was a righteous sufferance because at the end of the day, that sufferance was testing, testing of his character because God knew, in fact, he could trust Joseph for the territory, right? The responsibility he knew he was going to give Joseph down the line. God trusted David as well. And that is the reason why we can even see in the text where it says, you know, the Lord was displeased with what he has, with what he did. Because God did, in fact, have confidence in, in, in David and God has confidence in you. So every time when we go ahead and we sin against God, don't don't feel bad to know that God was displeased with that. He was displeased and it's OK for God to be displeased with us. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm your sister Christ. I don't want to hide that from you. I want to be very transparent with you. Sometimes the Lord is displeased with us. You know, I wrote a chapter in my book where I was really blunt in that regard. <laughs> because it seems as if we we feel like God does not have different emotions. It's as if we feel like God is jolly all the time. Yes, he's a joyful Lord. He's a joyful God. But at the same time, we need to understand that God as well, he has different emotions. When we do wrong, God is displeased with us. And that's okay. The good news is, though he probably is displeased with us when we sin, he becomes pleased with us, of course, as soon as we run back to him and ask for forgiveness and do it right and ask him to help us to do it right. And so, again, I want to encourage you and also challenge you to know this, that love builds, love destroys. God is love. No matter how far you've been, no matter how far you've been from the grace of God, if you would just confess your sins to him, if you would just pursue love and pursue the spirit of God, and pursue the fruit of the spirit you are in good company and god again is able to lift you up is able to redeem whatever it is that the enemy try to take away from you is able to redeem whatever it is that the enemy try to take away from you because he he led you to want to sin right he led you to want to be tempted right to uh, uh commit adultery or to commit whatever sin it is but in this context right because we are doing the series we're focusing on lust and so i just want you to know that say no to lust don't confuse lust and love Differenti differentiate the two you deserve a pure love you deserve a real love lust is temporary y'all lust is not worth it know that god has a real love for you know that god and first and foremost is love but if you desire a godly companionship if you desire a godly marriage if you desire to be with someone you know that you can build up the kingdom of god with in the context of marriage know that god has that special love for you that you don't have to say yes to lust just to feel like as if you can satisfy yourself right satisfy the desire of the flesh in that moment because you feel like as if it will never get better than this for you that's a lie that's a lie don't you know that if it if it feels or looks too good to be true that it is true in the context of the world right that is not true <laughs> if it seems too good to be true then it probably is false it probably is not true but when you are in the kingdom of god the lord tells us in ephesians 3 verse 20 he is able to do the exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. What does that translate to? Too good to be true is God. 
if it seems too good to be true, if it looks too good to be true, then it is God because God always exceeds our expectations. So take courage, y'all. Love builds, less destroys. Thank you for tuning in. We're almost wrapping up this series. The series continue, but it's coming to a close end. But thank you so much for being a part of the series. If you love the series, let me know your feedback on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review or a rating. And again, remember, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Until next time, peace out. Take care. This was JLP.